Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Well, hey, hey there, Chunkies. It's Carter here, the guy that you're normally hearing on your Mondays and Tuesdays, but uh, you're going to hear a different voice on this one. You're going to wish you saw the face of this voice, but this was one of our uh, original members. This was David. Uh, David left the podcast because David had a baby and those kind of things happened. But here's the twist. That baby is me. So enjoy this wonderful podcast with Jordan, Doge, and my dad. And uh, I hope it's super. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to Two Chunks and a Hunk. If you want to be the first to know when we drop new episodes, subscribe to us on the iTunes store. Here's the show. What do we do that? No. Put an Iron Man doll. Get two of them. That'd be funny. Let's do it. <laughs> That's a sick one. <laughs> Guys, it's been a minute since we've sat down. I know. I'm shaking off the having, rust, dude. I'm having a really hard time getting back into it. Back in the saddle again. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're back in cast. Is back this supposed to be Iron Man? Back in oh, back, back in black. You've n- neither of you have ever heard the song Back in Black before <laughs> in your whole Back in Black Back in Black Back in Black That's how it goes But sing Back in Cast And that'll be our new bumper music We'll do Hey, we'll do the guitars All right, Three, two, one Back in Cast Hello and welcome to Two Chunks in a Hunk our movie podcast where we give pumps and dumps. I'm Jordan Wonders, and as always, I'm your chunk. I'm Doge, and this week, Tony Stark built me <laughs> in a cave with a box of chunks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm David Bleece, and I'm your hunk. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, well, this week we're talking about... Iron Man. It's been a while. I wasn't sure if we were going to do that again. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> we're we're just trying to feel the leather beneath our our our, our cheeks, if you will. We're getting back <laughs> in that saddle. Our chunks. <laughs> our butt chunks. <laughs> we're, we're really trying to just get the the warm leather under those butt chunks once more. Oh gosh. Um, but I can think of no better way to start 2018 oh, yes. or to start our Marvel MCU. Infinity countdown, then by tossing it over to Doge for a synopsis. I see that toss. I receive that toss. This week, we are talking about I Run Man. Mm. In this film, we open Tony Stark is riding in the fun V, the fun hum V, mm. uh, mm-hmm. and generally just kind of enjoying being a celebrity. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's in <clears throat> Afghanistan to do a weapons demonstration. 
when suddenly uh, there is a what is that? What is like a roadside bomb? It's a boom. A boom. There's a big boom. Big. The car boom. in front of him Cannot goes. stress how big this boom is. <laughs> big hot orange smoky boom in front uh-huh. of him. Uh-huh. Uh, and the car, the the motor parade is attacked. Uh, Tony is taken prisoner by a terrorist group known as the Ten Rings, uh, mm-hmm. a sector of of the Ten Rings. Um, and he is hooked up to an <clears throat> electromagnet that is keeping him alive by sucking the shrapnel away from his heart. Mm. Yeah. They order him to build a missile that he just demonstrated to the U.S. government. The Jericho the missile. The Jericho missile. They order him to build a Jericho missile. Uh, and they, he says, okay, here's what the parts I need. Except he doesn't build the missile. He no, builds no, no. a robot suit. Yes, uh, yes, a yes. A man made of iron mm. with which he breaks out of their uh, captivity. Yeah, and I know what you're thinking. How can we watch a movie in which the main character is a fibber right off the bat, but his fib was a good fib? It was yes. to build a suit instead of a missile. I forgot what fib meant for a second. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, he he escapes captivity uh, with his new magic iron suit, comes back to the States, and says that his company, Stark Industries, mm. is officially stopping all weapons production, which is what they've done up to this point. <clears throat> because uh, he realizes that. Because he realizes that. they used for evil. Yep. Exactly. That somebody is dealing under the table, and his weapons are falling into the hands of the people uh, that are using them to attack the people that he's trying to protect. Yep. Um, well said. And so <laughs> nicely done, nicely the board done. of Stark Industries uh, attempts to <laughs> completely shut Tony out uh, through a series of very entertaining hijinks and shenanigans. Tony discovers that his surrogate father figure and mentor, Obadiah Stain. Obadiah Stain. Exactly. Who talks apparently like Andre the Giant. Is, <laughs> is apparently the guy dealing under the table to the terrorists. Uh, and he is selling them the weapons that Tony is creating. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, and so Tony says, no, no, no. don't want that to be happening. And so he decides to use his new iron suit technology to fight his mentor, who is using his old iron suit technology, mm-hmm. but made bigger. Mm, much uh, bigger. <laughs> cannot stress how big this Iron Man suit is. And the way that I described it sounds very dumb. And I assure you that could not be farther from the truth. It is among the most entertaining things that I've seen in a very long time. Very that fight mm-hmm. between Iron Man and Iron Monger at the end of this movie is awesome. Uh, wow. Iron Man obviously defeats Iron Monger. Yep. Uh, he is presented with a cover story. Uh, from a special agent who's kind of been in the shadows of this whole movie. Uh, at the end, he reveals himself to be Phil Coulson, who is an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., an organization that will become very obviously important to <laughs> us as we continue with our Infinity Countdown. Yep. Um, he's presented a cover story by Phil Coulson to describe what has happened and why there were two giant robots fighting. Uh, so he goes to the press conference. He's about to deliver this cover story and say, Iron Man is my bodyguard. Uh, and then he doesn't do that. And he says to the crowd of reporters and people from the press, I am Iron Man. Mm. And then he we, sure does. we end the movie Bam. with the sound. That's back in black. I am Man. Yeah, that's how the movie ends. And then it's a Marvel movie. So we got after credit scenes. Post-credits. But at this time, we don't know we that. We had no idea. Yeah. And like an idiot, when I watched this the other day, I completely forgot about this and turned it off. Oh, uh, there was me. a scene after the credits wherein Nicholas Fury, mm-hmm. director of Shield, comes into Tony's uh, penthouse, I guess, or, yeah. or wherever he's. It's his home. It's his home. Yeah. Yeah. It's his home. Uh, comes into his home and gives him a Manila folder mm-hmm. 
marked Avengers Initiative. Says you thought you were the only one. Yep. What are you crazy or something? Yeah. What are you out of your mind? I, I distinctly remember <clears throat> ten years ago, which is crazy. Yeah. Ten years ago, when I saw that in the theater, and Nick Fury hands him that folder, my first, I, my first thought was. There is no way they're going to do that. That is crazy. That would be too cool. And now here we are. And now here we are. <laughs> My first insane. thought was, is Nick Fury black? <laughs> <laughs> Did I miss that? <laughs> ultimate universe. So, However, now, the ultimate everywhere universe, Nick Fury is yeah, black. Well, which here's the deal. The ultimate universe, Nick Fury is black. The ultimate universe was an imprint of Marvel Comics that was started in the early 2000s mm. uh, as a way to more easily on-ramp people into Marvel Comics and their properties. For people who didn't want to have to worry about 50 years of continuity, yeah. they started fresh and they launched Spider-Man and X-Men and all these, their, their definitive heroes, they launched new stories with them and rebooted them back to their yep. younger selves. That's great. In that universe, <laughs> Nick Fury is black. When the universe, so this is really comic booky, and I'm sorry if this isn't interesting to any of you, but I'm really interested I'm, I'm excited. Let's do it. Let's in, hit it. In 20... I'm out. 15... Uh, Secret Wars was an event that happened. Basically, a war across the multiverse. So affected the 616, the main continuity. Uh, that's the name of the main continuity, the 616. And it affected the ultimate universe. Those universes were merged. Uh, and then we we learned that Black Nick Fury is White Nick Fury Sr.'s son. He's Nick Fury Jr., and the universes were merged, and then Nick Fury Sr. died, and Nick Fury Jr. stepped into the role previously held by Nick Fury Sr. as head of S.H.I.E.L.D. And Interesting. He, he was Asian at the end. Yes. <laughs> no, it, it's it's very, like, very, very comic booky. Yeah. Um, That's one of the reasons I don't, I don't read comics. I wait for graphic novels to come out <clears> because... I can read a story in Talk about like the trade paperbacks. Yeah. You don't want to have to keep up with issue to issue. Yeah. 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 And realize, wait, what happened last time? Yeah. I yeah. Go buy it. So I just wait for it to come. It's on daunting. And there's there. I have a lot of thoughts about the comic industry and how the pricing structure and release structure needs to change if they're going to keep readers on the hook. But that's not what this podcast is about. We're no, talking about the movie. We're Iron talking Man. about the movie Iron Man. So yeah. Let's go. We have yet to do. Nope. Uh, let's go. Minutes into our show. <laughs> let's go. Let's start at the beginning of Iron Man. Uh, it opens up with the desert scene. Yes. And it's, it's, it's an interesting timeline because it is basically in the middle of a chronological story, or I guess it's toward the end of a chronological story where he's driving, and this is after he's launched the Jericho missile, but we haven't seen that yet. Yeah. And he's talking with the people. We see the explosion, and then we see him caught by the terrorist, and it backs up and says, like, 24 hours later. What you're looking for is it starts in Medio Res. Medio Res? Yeah. That's in Latin, Latin, I believe. in the middle of the action, essentially. Yeah. 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 And then it backs up, and we see, uh, we kind of get a introduction into Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A really quick introduction as far as yeah. his father, this empire he built, uh, then passed it down to his son, but who wasn't old enough. So yeah. Obadiah stepped in to. I think it's really well gap. done, by the way. It's a really. It, it makes sense. Yeah. It was. I, I don't it, think it, it's necessary. I like it. Yeah. I enjoy it. It's not something that it's not an editing decision or framing decision that I would have necessarily made. Do you mean yeah. starting in the middle like starting that? Starting in the middle. Okay, like I thought that. you meant yeah, yeah. the description of. No, no, no. I think I, I think like were it up to me, I think the story yeah. might have flowed a little better, been a little less confusing on first watch. If it was in chronological order. Okay. Yeah. Um, but they chose to you. go for dramatic irony, where which is where the audience knows something bad is going to happen. And the audience yeah. has more information than the characters rather than true irony. Right. Yeah. I liked that. I liked that. <clears throat> yeah, I, I think it worked well. Yeah. And I, I do think that one scene, though, where we do get it, 
we do get like the brief introduction of Tony Stark, it did remind me like, oh, this is the first movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they have to set this, yeah. this history yeah. up and they can't spend a lot of time on it if they want to get to the story. Well, and I think there's something to be said for us watching Tony frolicking in a casino or um, spending time with that reporter. And, you know, kind of like you were saying, just we know how worthless everything that he's spending his time on is. Yeah. yeah. And and so I think there's something to Meaning like pumping that or dumping that. No, I'm, I'm, I'm pumping that. I think yeah. it, I think it's good that we're watching and going, Oh, you're about to find out how little this all matters. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and something I think that <clears throat> happens at the very beginning of this movie, um, is something that I think continues to happen throughout the entire movie. And really the tone for Iron Man is this came out the same year as dark Knight. Yep. And no, this is 2008. Dark Knight was 2009. 2009. I don't think so. Regardless, Batman Begins came out. Right. Yeah. And, 06. And Dark Knight was on its way. And <clears throat> Spider-Man had already come out. So like we had had some good superhero movies. This is one movies. year after Spider-Man 3. Mm. We've had yeah. some good superhero movies at that point. But I think this struck a balance that what hadn't been struck before. Yeah. Which was a real... Uh, I don't know what the word... Like, uh, a real... Down, no, not down to earth. I'm blanking on Realistic? Is that what you're looking Realistic, for? Realistic, but gritty yeah. and yeah. real yeah. superhero, but also has the fun yeah. comic book feel of like a Spider-Man. I yeah. think, and I think the the majority of the credit for that, because I, I totally agree. That's one of the notes that I made while I was watching. It's like, wow, the, the tonal balance that they strike between the drama and the comedy is very, very nice. Yeah. And I think that, I think a lot of that good balance is owed to uh, the dialogue. Yeah. The dialogue yeah. feels very real, very moment to moment. And there's yeah. there's actually a rumor. Oh, no, it's not a rumor. It's been confirmed. It's been confirmed, uh-huh. really, That much of Iron Man was shot with no script. Like In- just, intentionally, though. Yeah. Which That's is why crazy. the dialogue feels so, like, incidental. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it feels like the characters are making it up as they go, which yeah. all dialogue should feel like that. But yeah. in this case, the actors are literally making yeah. up the words. Only Robert Downey Jr. can do that. Seriously. Only Seriously. Robert Downey Jr. Well, and that's why, that's why he brings so much to the table as Iron Man, as yeah. Tony, as just a player in the Marvel Universe because he brings such an a unique energy, I think. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, totally he's, he's pretty much playing himself. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, they've even done uh, like side-by-side shots of uh, Tony Stark's lines and Robert Downey Jr. in meetings. Mm-hmm. And he'll say the exact, he'll be like, yes, yeah. dear. And you're yeah. like, that's freaking Robert mm-hmm. Downey Jr. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'm going to go ahead and give my super pump to this movie, which is Robert Downey Jr. David. My super pump is also Robert Downey Come Jr. Come on, Doge! Robert Downey Jr. playing himself. <laughs> Uh, Jordan's so stupid. <laughs> so, I'll pump him for sure. So tell yeah, me yeah, more yeah. about why you hate Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> um, mostly that uh, he's not me. Yeah. Uh, yikes. No, I think because it, it is a, like, obviously, like, of course, Robert Downey But honestly, if it wasn't for him, not the movie, not John Favreau, not yeah. the script, yeah. which now was kind of a lack thereof. If it wasn't for Robert Downey Jr., we would not have nope. the MCU. It is totally entirely agree. fair to say that Robert Downey Jr. carries this movie and thus the majority of phase one of the MCU and on his they, shoulders. And they realize that. Yeah. Well, I, I think you I, could argue that that's why a lot of, and I'm not against it, but a lot of phase two was spent pushing 
like the narrative burden onto other characters that weren't. I Iron feel like Man. we're yeah. just now getting to the point in the MCU where it's not just the Iron Man movies. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where we can truly say it's the yeah. Avengers movies. Like it's Tony oh, story. Sure. It's Steve story. Yeah. It's everybody. Yeah. I agree. Cause phase one was very Tony Stark heavy. Cause oh, they, yeah. need, they needed to be. But well, I, and he was their guy too. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean, I, I love that Marvel and now you can say Disney. They know that. Yeah. They, yeah. they don't do what Sony does, which is like, Oh, we got it. Like this is on us. Yeah. They, they know that. Robert Downey Jr. was there, mm-hmm. like their cash cow, yeah. and he gets a uh, a percentage of the overall growth of the movies. Oh, really? He does. Interesting. Because they they know it's like this is this was you. This oh yeah, him. yeah, yeah. So uh, I love that. Well, and there's no way that they could deny it at this point, honestly. Just yeah. how oh, yeah. incredible he is. But yeah. um, I think we we're still talking about the flashback, maybe. Kind of the opening. Yeah. Opening yeah. scenes. The opening. I I think they did a fantastic job showing Tony's character in yeah. that. Um, and I think that Robert Downey Jr. is acting, uh, in the moment when Jensen dies, yeah. um, oh, man. um, which yeah. by the way, fantastic. I love Jensen so yes, much. Jensen is a character. definite yeah. pump. For I me. don't love his actual death scene where he's just like, <gasps> and then gone. Yeah, yeah. Not a big fan of that exact <laughs> moment. I watched it today and was like, Oh yeah. Lo- the thing that stood out to me the most, um, was as he's dying, Tony says something to the effect of like, thank you for saving me or yep. you saved my life. And Jensen goes, don't waste it. Yep. Yeah. Don't and waste I looked it. at my wife and we're watching that. And I was like, that is the reason that Tony does everything, everything. that he yeah. does. From I completely now on. agree. Anytime we yeah. watch him, it's because he is terrified that he might waste his life. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, th- I believe uh, Jensen comes back up in civil war when he talks about, I was in a cave. Um, does he, I don't remember that line. Man. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was civil war, but he, I, I believe it's he mentions definitely it somewhere again. else. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that, that, that is one of those moments where there's a few moments in Tony Stark's arc, uh, but a lot of characters where there's a moment where there's a turning point. Yeah. And they did such a great job at creating that turning point where we as the audience know he's going to be different after this. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and I think one of the first times that you get that is when he does show back up um, for that like press meeting yeah. um, where he says, we're canceling our yeah. weapons division for now. Yeah. yeah. Um, until we can be more responsible and have some accountability there. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, we are supposed to gauge by the press's reaction and Obadiah Stane's reaction that that is completely out of character for the yeah. uh, for the Tony Stark that they knew before he yeah. was in the cave, which I, I don't think I ever realized. He said he was in the cave for three months. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I don't think I ever realized it that. It definitely until doesn't today. feel like that long. Yeah. No. Yeah, I didn't know that. But he's in, apparently he's in the cave for three months, which is insane. Yeah. <gasps> So they were searching for him for three months? Yeah. Yeah. That's weird. Well, that was, either searching for him or couldn't get to him. That's one of those things that I think was hard for me because they're, they're, I'll tell you now, it was almost impossible for me to find a super dump. Like it's very hard to find a super dump in this movie. Yeah, Something that you I agree. Like, yeah. hate. I agree. Uh, but I think one of the things that I, I could dump on is uh, when he's coming out of this, out of the, you know, uh, suit and he's like almost shedding yeah. the old suit. And oh, he's just in the desert. Yeah. In the, in the desert and the planes fly overhead. And it's like, well, that was lucky. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like what are they, what does he have a tracker? Yeah. That, that's why part about? of me wonders if it's not that they couldn't find him, but that they couldn't get to him and that well, they had been monitoring the well, location well, or something. They, well, they did Rhodes. a video. We Rhodes, know they did a video. Yeah. Rhodes gets off the helicopter immediately. So I, I've got to wonder, was Rhodes just canvassing that area looking for Tony? Maybe, but either that's, way, I'm totally with you. That it feels super duper convenient. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just like, it's oh, there he is. Well, and we'll get there in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. There are a few things where you're like, well, that worked out nicely. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I totally agree. So I think I think that that's well, one of those things in this movie where it was just like, well, that was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> 
but glad his suit turned back on when he fell <laughs> from space. That's yeah. one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie, though. Great. But it worked out super nice. It did. It did. So Tony's back. They've canceled their weapons division. Right. Yeah. Uh, and he immediately begins prep on the Mark II suit, yeah. right? Uh, which is the all silver suit where mm. he first tests the flight. It's you too heavy, is what, they, is what he talks about, too. Yeah, yeah. It's because it's, what does he say? It's, it's a, a different t- metal. It's, it's like a, a titanium, gold. It's a different metal. Titanium gold alloy yeah. is what the Mark III and yeah. presumably three through whatever yeah. we're up to, like 40, That's why he falls through the ceiling. Though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and I love, I love the look at, at Tony Stark's personality where he says, uh, Jarvis says, there, ha- there are terabytes of calculations that we have to do before you could fly. Yeah. And he goes, Jarvis, sometimes you have to run before you can walk. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I that's love that. Tony Stark. And, oh, 100%. And see, I love in, that. in that one and moment, he, we get a characterization of who he is as a oh, person. Yeah. His mindset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I think also even a little bit before that, when he's like chastising his robot arm, <laughs> yeah. and he's just like, I swear if you put the fire extinguisher on me again. Yeah. I'm going to send you, what do you say? I'm going to send you to a garage. Oh, I'm going to donate you to the city college. Yeah, to a city college. college. It's yeah, so yeah. funny. <laughs> well, and he, uh, there, you know, Obadiah says, um, we, we have to get rid of this ready, shoot, aim yeah. personality. And what a good characterization of Tony Stark, which they keep alluding to. Because one thing I think that this movie is that I didn't realize it was the first time I watched it was it's almost a coming of age movie. Yeah, yeah, it really is. He is a, he's an adult, but he's really a kid. Exactly he's like a, a super kid. smart, super yeah. arrogant kid. And in this in this entire process of him going through crisis and being kidnapped, he's having to grow up. Yeah. And he even alludes to that, like, okay, but I am the company. Yeah. And yeah. I am maturing, and so the company has to. Yep. And so yeah. I, I, I it's a new love direction that. for me. Yeah. Responsibility. Yeah. 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 yeah, I love that. Well, and that's kind of the thing with with Obadiah is it's sort of a, you know, I think you mentioned that it's a father figure. Yeah. It's a stand. He's a stand-in father figure for Tony, and so. Well, and as we'll find out in Iron Man Two, Tony didn't see his dad much like Tony didn't yeah. have a great relationship with his father and he says in this movie I never got to tell dad goodbye yeah. yeah and so and so with Obadiah we that's why it's so hard for him I think I think it can be easy to watch and say you had to know it was Obadiah but like he trusted Obadiah yeah, yeah. and so that's that's what one yeah. of the many things yeah. that makes it tough I think gosh Robert Downey Jr.'s reaction at the benefit whenever dude I love let's oh, take a picture oh my gosh oh my God, but you talking about when the reporter shows no, no, him the no, pictures no, no, no. oh you talking about let's take whenever, a picture whenever Obadiah puts his arm around him and says Tony let's take a picture oh and that's my when gosh. he's like it's so good. Me. that's when you can see it's I'm evil. the one selling mm-hmm. the weapons. you can tell he's evil uh-huh. and good at it Well, because yeah. I, I love so uh, I want to pump not super pump but I want to pump on Jeff Bridges as Obadiah Stan he is so good he disappears and, and yeah. I can't say that for Jeff Bridges a lot. I feel Jeff like Bridges it's normally pretty easy to go, hey, it's Jeff Bridges. Yeah, it's true. But he like That's a good is call. gone That's good in this call. movie. I think it's because he's bald. Yeah, I think <laughs> it is too. <laughs> I say, without the slick back hair. Uh-huh. Yeah, I yeah. totally agree. I think yep. it's because he's bald, but he is menacing at times yes. as Obadiah. And like just kind of heartless, that scene with him and Pepper in the office when he's just like, oh, is that today's paper? Do you oh think I could get flash that? drive? Yeah. That is the most intense scene of all time. I almost threw up in that scene. We're, just we're, like look, when she when she comes in and I'm like oh shoot oh shoot she's, she's like screensaver and I'm like computers can do that <laughs> oh shoot <laughs> oh my goodness but uh, yeah no I I love that scene I love the let's take a picture but I also love when the reporter that he slept with early in the movie yeah um, when she comes back and she's like do you call this accountability Mr Stark and she throws the pictures and he's like where did you get these like what is this yeah, yeah. and that's it's, when he just starts to yeah. oh, if you haven't watched it's recently, it's, it. it's pictures of. Stark weapons. It's pictures of a Jericho missile in the yeah. hands of the Ten Rings terrorists. Mm, yeah. Well, it, we kind of skip forward. I want to back up, but it obviously it 
you know, goes throughout the whole movie, but the relationship between uh, Tony Stark and Pepper Potts. Oh, yes. so good. It's so good. So good. I love, I wholeheartedly, with all of my being, love the scene where Tony gets her to help him change yes. the arc uh-huh. reactor in his chest. Yeah. Uh-huh. That is... Which makes you don't pull the... Oh! <laughs> what are you doing? I'm Wonderful. just going into cardiac arrest. That's okay. Uh, See, okay. here's what I will say, though. I, I, I love Gwyneth Paltrow as Pepper Potts. I'm going to do a slight dump on her performance in this movie. Really? Um, for me, it just feels like you can tell she is struggling to keep up the entire time with people like Jeff Bridges. And yeah. and I think later on, she totally kind of fits in comfortably. And then she is like she keeps up very well. But in this movie, and I'm, I'm going to chalk it up to if that lack of script thing is true... I wonder if she just had a hard time operating off script. But to me, there were just times where I could tell like, oh, not yeah. so great. She doesn't keep up, but there are few individuals on this planet. That could. I agree. Yeah. With the amount of charisma <laughs> that Robert Downey Jr. or Jeff Bridges possess. But in early Pepper Potts, um, earlier, earlier on in the movie, it, it's actually interesting. It's So during his first test drive of the suit, I believe it's still with the silver suit, um, the what later becomes War Machine's prototype. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when he flies up and is covered in ice and then they kind of talk about needing to uh, freeze proof the suit. And then when Pepper Potts gives him the glass case of the first reactor that he put in his chest. Proof that that Tony Tony Stark Stark has has a heart. heart. It's like these two, they almost set up two checkoff gun scenarios that both fired. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so um, I don't know, I guess if you, if you're not familiar with that checkoff gun is a narrative idea yeah element trope um and the idea is if you're given a gun in act one it needs to fire by act three yeah Yeah. and so it's the idea that if if something is set up important it needs to realize its importance later on both the the he needs the heart the metal the metal with the ice that that's that's how he drops him yeah that's the thing see i I love i love both of them I get what you're saying because yep. it can, again, it can go, it can be chalked up to like, well, that worked out great, mm-hmm. and I'm glad they showed mm-hmm. us that. Yeah, but they both work so well. Oh no, I, yeah, I yeah. love. I'm not. Yeah, talking no, about no, that no, no. I love like, it. Like a Chekhov's gun done well. Yeah, is like those are great examples of that done well. Yeah. This movie, although it had no script, scene to scene, the overall meta narrative is so yeah. tightly woven together. Yeah. Like yeah. there is not a minute of wasted screen yep. time. Yeah. This is such a a wonderfully paced movie. Yep. Well, and and back to your your point on the dialogue feeling so real. Yeah, mm. I think that was what made the relationship between Stark and Pepper Potts so n- not only so incredible to watch, but felt so true. Yeah, that oh, there's so much chemistry and sexual tension mm-hmm. here. That yeah, dude, I love the scene break near the end where she's like, "Oh, you mean the night that we." We danced together and you <laughs> took me up on the roof and then forgot about me. And she's like, oh, and got he's him. Like, he's like, oh, yep. Yep, yep that's the one. Yep, that's the night. night. I just night. love when they're in the beginning because we don't we don't see this side of Pepper Potts and Tony mm. Stark anymore after Iron Man 1. Mm. Uh, maybe a little bit in 2, but where it's basically only a professional relationship, yeah. but you yeah. can tell they're trying to break through and, he, mm. and she's like, well, it is my birthday. He's like, really? Is it that again? I, I knew that. <laughs> yeah. She's like, yep, same time every year. <laughs> Did, did did I get you something nice? He's like, oh, oh yes, Mister. Good taste. Yes, Mister. Stark. He's like, oh yeah, I did tonight. She's like, very good taste. <laughs> like I love, I love that trying so to good. break through that yeah. professional yeah. barrier. I agree. And I'm gonna pump on the scene where uh, I think it's really just a quick line from Tony. I don't even necessarily remember the context of this line, but it's when he tells Pepper, "You're all I have." Yep. And the way that Robert Downey Jr. delivers that line, like at first, seems jokingly, and you can tell, like for mm-hmm. me, like he is. 
he is so ridiculously good as Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. Like you can, yeah. you can tell that when Tony says that he's like a little joking and a little trying to deflect it, but really honestly trying to have one moment of human connection. Yeah. yeah. It's so, so well, good. So John, a couple of things. One, John Favreau actually chose him to play Iron Man because of the similarities he already saw between the two characters. Specifically, the main thing he talked about is the quality that they share the most in his opinion is that the, best and worst times of both of their lives have been wildly publicized. Yeah. Wow. And so like for both Tony and for Robert Downey Jr., like the public, whether it was their business or not, has seen him at his highest and his lowest. Wow. And so that was like the biggest thing that he saw was like a charming guy who just kind of got a bad rap for a while. Yeah. But then uh, the other thing yeah, I was going to say, the bad rap oh, no, he did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he yeah. did. Um, and I think you could argue that Tony <laughs> did, did too. Tony. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but uh, the scene you're talking about is when they're, she's fixing his chest and she says, uh, don't ask me to do that for you're you again. Right. And then he says, you're, right. you're, all I have. you're all I have. And then she says, you're all I have too, Tony. Yeah. Yeah. Oh it. my gosh. So, it's so great. Good. Which again goes back to what Jensen said, which is, do you have family? He says, yeah. no. And he says, so you're a man with everything who has nothing. But yeah. Nothing. yeah. Yeah. Which is great. Uh, so in a way, thanks Jensen, I guess for the MCU. Yeah. We <laughs> appreciate it. The Jensen in- built the MCU. The, he built the, the MCU. MCU in a cave. <laughs> With a box of scraps. <laughs> um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Let's talk about a certain plot point that I'm gonna give my super dump to. Okay. And that is because I mean, it it can seem. Wait, small. is your super dump not the not the helicopters? The the birds. What what? That was a Suicide Squad joke. The helos, the helos is what you meant. The or, the, or the or birds. birds. They call them birds and helos. Wait, in that really? Movie. Yeah. They, they jacked very, up birds. I think I that very bad, might bad have movie. blocked out that movie. <laughs> uh, are you ta- I thought or your super, super dump was whenever they rescue Tony in the desert. No, that was a dump. Uh, my, I see. My super dump is uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. Not not the... <laughs> no, go. <laughs> keep keep going. going. Not, not the... Uh, the fact that shields in the movie, or that they come in, but the fact that they call themselves the strategic homeland, ah, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's like nobody, nobody, nobody wrote it put down that on together. Paper and was like, wait a second. Shh. Well, and then even worse, later on in the movies, they basically retcon that out completely yeah. because, and you reminded me of this. Peggy Carter specifically names the organization Shield. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that is after World War One, and I'm I'm gonna rush to the defense of Agent Phil Coulson. <laughs> uh, I don't know that he was telling the hundred percent truth. No, you to can't Tony do that. Stark's he was totally like random assistant that he's name. never met. <laughs> no, so I, I will pump on Coulson though. Just Coulson's yeah, great. But so continue. Good. Here's what I think they should have done. I don't even know the whole acronym. Strategic, Strategic Homeland, Homeland Intervention, Intervention Enforcement, Enforcement Logistics, Logistics Division. Division. I think the they should have had like the national. And so like one letter was off. It wasn't the strategic homeland. It was like the strategic national. So it it seemed off. And at the very end, he was like, actually, it's a strategic homeland. Yeah, that would work. So they (laughs) just call it Schneel. Agents of Sneel. This fall on ABC. Captain America and his Sneel. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Where they they changed at the end and it makes shield because him just doing a incredibly long acronym and then pretending like no one ever knows it was shield. No one ever wrote it on a whiteboard and was like, guys, I will say, I think I solved the problem. It's dope. I will say that reveal at the end, uh, which is by the way, the culmination of a very well executed three beat that reveal at the end did throw 2008 me for a loop. 
Oh, me too. The fact that it was shield. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. no, not many people are like, wait, strategic? Yeah. Like, I, say it again, I say get it. Again, it. it. Guys, this movie is such a great example of several very awesome narrative tropes that show up later in the MCU. That is a three beat. So a three beat is a sequence of, th- of a one event that happens three times over the course of a story. And they always follow this pattern. They uh, establish, they reinforce, and then they subvert. So they establish Phil Coulson in his first interaction where he says, we're the, and then gives a long name. In a second interaction, he reinforces that and does the same thing again. And in the third one, he the audience is keyed to expect that, and then they subvert it and give you the name Shield. Yeah, and it's so well done. Yeah, it's great watching the movie the second watch. You're like, yeah. wait, <laughs> what? <laughs> so that for me, that's my super yeah. dump. Yeah, same. Yeah. Guys, I have to come up with a super dump for this very good. Just movie. keep trucking. You in, know, what interestingly I'm saying? enough, though, in the first episode of Agents of Shield. Um, he says to one of the new guys coming in, like, do you know what the strategic homeland, you know, environment, everything stands for, or, or like, uh, like stands for in this world? And he goes, yeah, someone really wanted our initials to be shield. <laughs> and they did. It was Peggy Carter. My new super dump for this movie is that David clearly watches the television show Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> Funny enough, I don't. I stopped at the first episode. Thank goodness. I watched the first season. I've, it's to- okay. I've, been, I've been told it gets better. And yeah, also, yeah, but that's what everybody says about bad shows. It's true, but I've also <laughs> yeah. been told first season's great. So now I just don't it listen feels, to people. It feels too much to me like the like CW, like Arrow yeah, and like Flash. Flash. Like yeah. just, it's kind of soap opera with superpowers, which if that's your thing, go for Do it. it. Man. More power to you. It's <laughs> we just love not Flash. my thing. Just, I'm not into that. <laughs> no, we don't. Yep. <laughs> um, I, I want to pump on a scene that I want to move on to, which is, it's not my super pump, but it's my pump. One of them. When he first starts going and taking out the weapons caches in Gomira. Yeah. Which is where Gosh, Jensen is from. Yeah. yeah. I didn't catch that until this watch. Yeah. That, that the reason he responds that way is because that's Jensen's hometown and that's Jensen's people. Gosh. Yep. And he just. Oh, that scene is he, so cool. And it rolls it out. And it's so like typical now and almost overplayed that you can look at it um, probably like our fifth watch and be like, oh, yeah, that scene. But where he shoots the mini missile mm-hmm. and then the nothing happens yep. and he walks away and it explodes. Oh, it's is so one of the good. one of the greatest scenes in yeah. the movie as far as just action. Well, and like and he dodges I, that. I first know one. we love to make fun of the superhero landing, but when he lands that first time and it's his so suit cool. sounds like it weighs one point three billion tons, <laughs> just it's so cool. Uh, and, I get and, real life and every time. They all have guns to the hostages' oh, heads. Yeah, dude, and you're like, crap, how's he going to do this? Oh, my goodness. And it just like yeah. locks targets and then, and they just all dude. die. Uh, I was like, it's, that's one of those that's moments it. where my reaction was only, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, just no, so my, my biggest out loud reaction to this movie <laughs> was uh, when the girl from Brown, Mrs. Brown, that he uh-huh. spends time with at the beginning, says, you must be the famous Mrs. Potts. He still has you doing his laundry. And she yeah, goes, dude. I do everything Mr. Tark tells me to do. I occasionally take out the trash. Right I went this way. Oh, <laughs> shoot, Potts. <laughs> she got words. That was my biggest reaction to the movie. Not the blow up, not the flight yeah. scene when she just roasted. Just like, Dang, girl. <laughs> I was like, dude, oh, shoot. I will say, though, watching this movie, particularly in regards to those action scenes and, and the, the big action set pieces that are in this one, I had forgotten how... Like absolutely, definitely MCU, but broader than that, how genre defining this movie is. Mm-hmm. Because like the uh, Iron Man is the template for every superhero movie post Iron Man. Yeah, with the exception of The Dark Knight Rises. Right. Every superhero movie post then has tried to be Iron Man, yeah. and in terms of just the visual feel mm-hmm. and like the way that the action flows and is structured. Yeah. 
this movie, like I would argue that this movie and Spider-Man two, four years prior are really the foundational building blocks upon which all what 17 by the time infinity war comes out 17 yeah. remaining mcu movies are built well, i think i think yeah. spider-man 2 iron man and rise of the silver surfer fantastic four yeah Shut David, up. you do know that's your favorite movie Shut up. Was, i mean he went through a freaking Shut building up. can we call this episode of the podcast david Blee's and the rise of the silver sweater <laughs> Please. oh nice oh shoot <laughs> pepper pots that was a roast <laughs> I, I am crying. Hey guys, I am guys, crying. It was a pot roast. No. Yeah. Nice. Dude, I'm going to laugh at that hard later when I listen. <laughs> but now I know. Now I know. <laughs> it's, too, it's too real. Um, so he, he goes, he takes out the weapon caches. What happens next, David? Uh, after, after that, uh, we, that's when we really, we, we, we know that Obadiah is bad. Mm. But pretty soon after that, we see him come back to Tony Stark's house. Yeah, that's Come when up. he brings pizza, right? Yeah, no, that that's when. Or is he, it later? Yeah, that that's later. That, it's that was amazing earlier. how out yeah, that, of order no, that was this earlier. movie is in my yeah. mind. Um, pizza is way earlier. He than comes that. back. Yeah, that's what I was saying. And you He's see Tony Stark sit down on the couch and then freeze, and Obadiah is behind him and takes the things out of his. Oh ear. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But by going here, you have skipped arguably one of the best lines of dialogue in the entire movie. Hit me with it. Because before that, he's getting on to his scientist or his engineer for not being able to shrink down the arc reactor, <laughs> yeah, yeah. which is when he delivers yeah. the line. Tony Stark was able to build this in a cave with a box of scraps. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just the longest pause. And I remember saying that about mm, everything I saw yeah, yeah. for a year after I so watched the movie. And such a great line after that. I'm not Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you, re- you, yeah, you realize. Because nobody is except for him. Yeah. You know, He like, could have said, I'm not Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> yeah, he really could have. <laughs> Same thing. Exactly. I'm glad that you brought up the paralysis earbuds yeah because that is going to be my super dump okay fair because i feel i feel as though in a movie where everything is set up and paid off so well and it's such a a deft hand that's set all these things into motion yeah i feel like there's a way they could have set that up yeah a little bit better because maybe explosions too loud or something it feels very much like jeff bridges has this I mean, it, it, it kind of does feel like the mysterious third act new superpower trope yeah. that we talked about in our DC movies, where it's just like, oh, he has this exact one thing he needs to get out of this situation, yeah. and we've never seen him have anything similar to that before. Here's what I'll say, and you dump away. <laughs> I'm going to disagree with you because they are a weapons manufacturer, and I feel as though that is totally something I could see a semi-futuristic Weapons, weapons manufacturer having. I totally agree, and it's not that I don't see him having. It's, it was just never addressed. I, yeah, it came yeah. out of nowhere for me. Yeah. I get that. Even I think a line of him on the beginning, like on the phone, like talking, because he said the Department of Defense didn't buy that yeah. prototype from them. So just talking with the Our Department intro of Defense scene with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, what do you mean you don't want to buy the sonic weapon? Do yeah. you understand what it does? It paralyzes. Click, yeah. hang up the phone. Yeah, I, three checkoffs. I think. Yeah, yeah, I know. Three <laughs> checkoffs, a magnificent three beat. This movie is, if you're into that kind of thing, like about narrative craft, this movie is it's a treasure well trove yeah. Of, yeah. of awesome things. But I think with the uh, the ear power that is displayed. <laughs> That's what we're calling our podcast. And by the way, it is hefty, hefty <laughs> ear power. Welcome to Ear Power, your um, favorite superhero podcast. I think it is one of the most uh, scary things to imagine oh my gosh. 15 minutes not being able to move and know that someone's going to do something you can't stop. Yeah. Yeah. Like that to, to a, to a hero. 
I think that is one of the most tension building mm-hmm. things that you can oh, do. Is you're gonna sit here and watch. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like Dark Knight Rises. Like you're gonna you're gonna sit in this in this prison cell and mm-hmm. you're gonna watch Gotham burn. Mm-hmm. Like there's yeah. something so incredible that happens in a character when they're not able to do what only they can do. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's why. Uh, Iron Man goes full rage against the machine in that third act Literally. right after that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah it goes on a literal rage, rage against, against an actual machine. machine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in that third act, because he threatened Pepper, he threatened everything. Yeah. And so that's well, why he, he threatened just, Pepper and Tony realizes that's the only thing that he has. Yeah. yeah. I mean, gosh, guys, I love this movie. No, so it's much. super well done. Yeah. But uh, final fight scene, I guess we should talk about. It's awesome. Yeah. I don't know what to say about yeah. that. I have no critique of that final fight scene. It's I'm wonderful. Gonna, I'm going to. Sucker punch my microphone and we can get yeah. right back to it. Please. I, I, do, I do love, we talked about it where it came back, but the line where he said like, what have you, what have you figured out about? Yeah. Did you fix the, the icing problem? Uh, yeah. Yep. The, you know, the, the, he's like, what irons that you're using? He what goes, should have thought of it. Boom. Or you should look into it. And then just like <laughs> bops, he head bops him. Yep, and then that's it. when he falls. Um, I, I will say it, the final fight, it didn't, but it bordered on, at the beginning being to punch you, you fly this way, punch you, you fly this way. Yeah. And then quickly turned into Ironmonger just destroying Iron Man, which yeah, I was yeah. very happy about. Well, yeah. I think like all of these superhero movies, just watching people punch with super strengths, never super entertaining, mm-hmm. or maybe is for a second, but you have to get down to the relational conflict exactly. that's yep. happening while the fighting's happening or you don't care about it. And they did a really good job where he opens up his entire like body yeah, and he's like, "Listen, Tony, how do his like, oh, how do his yeah. arms and legs move?" I was thinking about that because his arm is like eight feet his out to arms his left, are like fully extended, but they his hands probably reach his suit's shoulders. Yeah, so like, is it like he's in jelly, neurally hooked up to him? I'm thinking, or? I'm thinking it's like a like a giant puppet where he's it's like just he's like holding marionette strings inside exact, out, marionette. just exactly marionette strings, <sighs> iron marionette. Coming this fall, <laughs> um, but I, I I agree. I think especially on the rooftop when Iron Man is just crawling on him instead of flying and shooting and punching. Yeah, and when he's hiding from him and Iron Monger's like grabbing corners and coming around almost yeah. like the ogre or the cave troll in uh, Fellowship of the Ring, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, like that's the vibe it gave me was just that like where'd you go like that kind of thing. <laughs> but it worked. Um, yeah. Especially showing how vulnerable Tony knew that he was in that moment. Yeah, he had yeah. taken off his glove like an idiot. And I'm going to dump on that, by the way, that he just decided to remove his suit on the roof it's his of the first building. Fight. No, it's you, his can't, first fight. you can't just defend everything because you like the movie. No. <laughs> I can't watch me. Listen because to this podcast later so, and listen to me do it. It is so dumb that he lands on the roof and is just like, that was a good one, right? Time to throw in the towel. Ah, like, I love that moment where he goes to shoot the repulsor beam at him and he has no, and he it's a great moment. And, and I'm not no. saying I wish it wasn't in the movie, just as Tony Stark, I feel like it was a dumb move to just yeah. be like, let me strip the suit off on this <laughs> rooftop. We, we do get the thing that historically Spider-Man movies have been the worst about where it's the final fight. So we have to unmask both of our yeah. heroes yeah. so we can watch our actors act, Yeah, which yeah. I understand Robert Downey Jr. was paid a lot more money than the shell of an Iron Man helmet was for this yeah. movie. I do love that Marvel has begun to move away from that. And mm-hmm. we're allowed to have our actors emoting inside their superhero costumes rather than having to always take their masks always off for the final Captain fight. Mask yeah, yeah. Off. And I was actually, I'm glad that you mentioned that because you just reminded me, this was almost my super pump, but is now just a regular pump. Um, speaking of actors who have no face, uh, I want to pump on Jarvis and Paul Bettany who plays yep. Jarvis yeah. because I realized today that other than 
Tony, or other than Robert Downey Jr., Paul Bettany has been in the most yeah. MCU movies. Yeah. Yeah. As Jarvis. Because he's yeah. been in every single one that Robert Downey Jr. has been in. Uh-huh. And yeah. he, except for Homecoming. Right, exactly. Yeah. Right, but he's he's vision at that point. But he's not in that movie. He's not yeah. in the movie. Yeah. But he I love Paul Bettany, first of all, just as an actor. But yeah. I think his voice is so perfect as he Jarvis. I think he's good. fantastic as vision later on. Paul Bettany is awesome, and this movie brought him into my life as Jarvis. And for that, I say thank you, John Favreau. Yep. <laughs> I will say while we're on that final fight. There are some moments where the Ironmonger CGI doesn't no, quite yeah, hold up. I'm with you. It does look. It does look a bit like. Do you guys remember when the Force Awakens came out and there was that like iPad app that you could you could like film a scene and then have oh, BB-8 yeah. roll across yeah, the yeah. scene and then have <laughs> like a Tie Fighter come and shoot an explosion. Yes. Sometimes. Wait, what app? <laughs> particularly when Ironmonger is like climbing out of the roof yeah. of the factory, it looks very bad and is so. In the one the. Just yeah. the one hand that comes up and yeah. lands on top of the cookie Which, jar. It can be forgiven because it's 2008, but it was only one year prior to Avatar. Yeah. So can't really, it can be forgiven, but never forgot. Here forgotten. we go again. Always <laughs> bringing the best, most high grossing movie in the world. I mean, if Avatar can do it, surely this tiny little movie, first movie from a small new studio can do it. Yeah. So. Right. Exactly. Well, and, so, and something I think to, to pump on is at the end of the movie, when they bring in the Avengers concept, mm. I think John Favreau was saying this would be awesome if we could do this. I agree. Yeah, they he, had no plans. He wasn't saying, "Oh, we are planning out until 2032." And you're like, yep. "Okay." No he, way. Which I think is what universes should do because they didn't put Captain America in this movie and Hulk in this movie. Yep. And I know <laughs> that I'm just beating up on DC right now because there's no other comparison. Well, it's just because it's bad. <clears throat> How, yeah. However, I think a lot of movies did this like. In Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man Two, Spider-Man 2 Gosh, when they in, in, introduced this, uh, the Sinister Six, all these movies are trying to like first movie out of the gate set up for fifteen years down yeah. the road without making the good movie first. And I'm yep. okay with doing odes or cameos in first movies, but yeah. only as like, wouldn't this be great? Yeah. And now it's up to you, the fans, to support and and you know battle with us. Yeah. Rather than. You can't do anything. We have, we're a huge studio with a ton of money, and we're just going to make these movies forever. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about this two episodes from now, but Iron Man 2 actually was, I think, the only time the MCU really, really dabbled in that kind of universe building at the expense of story. Yeah. And I think that's why it's easily the worst of the MCU. And I think, yeah. I think also, and we'll get there, I think, obviously, they were so tied to, we have to keep Robert Downey Jr. in here. Yeah. And it wasn't the time for Iron Man 2. Yeah. Mm-mm. It was like Iron Man 1, Hulk, which was and, okay. And then Iron Man 2. Yeah, it was like right off the Iron bat. And the then they did the same movie. thing with Iron Man 3. They were like right, right after... Avengers. He was the yeah. first... Um, se- not Session 2. Um, phase 2. Phase, phase 2. two. It was yeah. Iron Man 3. So it was like, we got to keep him at the forefront. And I think... Well, there's I a reason like we haven't had a solo movies. Iron Man film since Iron Man 3. Yeah. And I think Robert Downey Jr. has something to do with that. I think so too. I, I I hope so. Yeah. When we get to Age of Ultron, we'll talk about how that's essentially a solo Iron Man film. Yeah, basically. <laughs> it's Iron Man and Friends in the same way that Civil War is Captain America and Friends. Right. But but you know. That's several but, several weeks know, away. Whatever. So the trailer for upcoming content on this <laughs> podcast. Um but I, I I agree with you though. I think that this this movie kind of does an excellent job of Babe Ruth calling it shot. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just kind of like, hey, we're shooting over the moon, and <laughs> yeah. here's what's going to happen. 18 movies, corner pocket. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. It's just incredible. Um, yeah. Near the end of the movie, uh, I I do. It is now time for me to reveal my super pump for this movie. Mm. I didn't even realize you hadn't said that yep. yet because I just assumed it was Robert Downey Jr. Because it's not, but it actually has person. to do with him though. Um, so uh, my super pump for this movie is the final scene of the movie. It's when he reveals that he is Iron Man. Oh, yeah. yeah. So um, and for me, that is for a number of reasons. One, it completely subverted my expectations. I was expecting... Um, you know, oh no, it's not me. It's I was expecting him to stick to Colson's story or to come yeah. up with something else. Dude, that is such a dumb cover, by the way. I know, it's Which awful. I get. I mean, that has comic book pre- precedence. Like right. That that was Iron Man's secret identity for a long time. Yeah. yeah. Nobody's gonna believe that Iron Man is Tony Stark's bodyguard. Yeah. yeah. I know. But uh, I think that's part of the funny like yeah. aspect because even Tony Stark's like bodyguard. Really? Yeah. He's like, just do it. Um, but for me, that moment of him. And we talked about this a little bit, um, before we started sets up so much of who Tony Stark becomes for the rest of the MCU. Because in that moment, what he's saying is not just, yeah, I did it. I'm Iron Man. What he's saying is know it, know who I am. Hold me accountable. Look at me and say, Tony's in the suit. If Iron Man does something bad, it means Tony did something bad. I actually hadn't put that together until you were talking about that. I I quite like that read on that. Cause in that moment, I feel like he has so been so hurt and feels so stabbed in the back by Obadiah Stane, who was doing all of these horrible things without accountability. And he knows that he now possesses the greatest piece of technology ever made. And he has the potential to do so much bad with it that I think that in that moment, that is his way of saying, I want you, the regular people to be able to hold me accountable for my actions. And I think that sets the stage for every single thing that happens to Tony for the rest of the MCU. And because of that, man, this movie is just such a solid foundation and building block. It is. And unbelievable. The the consistent characterization throughout all all the movies that Iron Man appears in. Iron Man 1, Tony Stark, is the same Tony Stark in every MCU movie. He grows, he learns lessons. No, no, no. But it's definitively the same, like, yeah. The same character. He, he, yeah, yeah. he both simultaneously shaves off and adds on some cynicism about some different things, but ultimately it's the same Tony learning and growing throughout the yeah. entire MCU. Well, and I love that his desire for accountability in this carries us all the way through this Civil 2008 War. to 2016 Civil War, when that's yeah. the crux of his argument. Well, even, even in Homecoming, you could argue that what he wants for Peter is to not be held account. Like he, he wants to be able to step in and say, I want to protect you from the strong arm of the law essentially coming yeah. down and saying, you can't do these things. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, and I'm, I'm not going to pretend that in that moment they knew that that's what they were setting up, but I do know that they, there's no way they haven't gone back yeah. to it and Impressive used it follow as a through. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, even in uh, civil war um, vision says since 2008, when you announced yourself as Iron Man, yeah, the level of, opposition has increased and Captain America says, so you think it's our fault? And mm-hmm. he says, no, I just believe there's causations. Yeah. yeah. So like from that moment, anytime you, you stand up in an, in opposition, someone's going to rise to try and meet it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's what the MCU is built on is these, these mega powers rise mm-hmm. and it's not like, Oh, so there happens to be super, super villains now. Yeah. No opposition will always rise. It's like it. there's some sort of force that seeks out a balance <laughs> between a light and like <laughs> a dark side. It's actually not to draw a reality to gem another from one. Thanos coming in <laughs> Star Wars. Here we go for another parallel, but the, uh, the end of Batman begins, Jim Gordon says to Batman yeah. on the rooftop, what about escalation? And Batman says, what do you mean? He says, uh, 
we carry pistols, they carry automatics. We carry automatics, they carry, you know, snipers or whatever. We bazookas, I think. I think he does say bazookas, which is a hilarious (laughs) thing to me. But but that's kind of the idea. Well, guys, I guess there's no time like the present. So uh, uh, we should go ahead and <laughs> rate. We should go ahead and rate this movie. Let's do so, it. Uh, let's walk them through the scientific cinema scale. We can do it. This is a scale that we have come up with our very own selves to rate movies. It's perfect. Uh, so what we say goes here. Don't even argue. Just know perfect that. in every way. <laughs> if you leave a comment that a goes against our scale, we're going to block Perfect it. in every way. So the best thing that we could ever say about a movie is uh, own it, don't lend it, buy, buy that poster. poster. Uh, the next best thing we could ever say, buy it. You know what I mean? Yep. Just, you know. Uh, right underneath that, next best thing, rent it. Don't buy it. Nope. Spend a couple bucks, though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, buddy. Right underneath that, the next best thing we could say, stream it. Don't spend extra cash. Please don't spend extra cash. (laughs) But if you're already paying for a subscription service and it's on there, hit it up. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Right under that, we have a subcategory called forget it. What that means is you would be better off if you just forgot that this movie even existed. Trust me. (laughs) And then the worst thing that we could ever say about a movie. God God hath forsaken us. So here we go. David. Own it, don't lend it, buy that poster. What? You're giving the first ever one? First one. I really appreciate you throwing it to me on this one. Uh, No, I've thought about it. I've given given it a lot of thought. If you, if there was a good Iron Man poster, I don't like the Iron Man poster. Mm -hmm. Right. I can can throw a dump on that. Sure. But if there was a artistic Iron Man poster of Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man, I would buy it. I mean, it had to be somewhat reasonably, pri- reasonably priced, and I am married, so there's no way it's going in my house where you can see it. <laughs> but definitely in the closet somewhere. And I think for the movie that built not just a universe, but arguably one of the best universes that this world has ever seen in a small amount of time where that was a thing that was possible. Uh, but it is, it's an incredible movie. It's, yeah. it's hard to find things wrong with this movie. Yeah, it and really that's, is. that's what I love. Um, about a good movie. Yeah. I, I, I don't even, it's not that I couldn't find anything bad, but I didn't want to. Yeah. Exactly. I didn't want to find anything yeah, bad. Yeah, I'm with you. so good. I'm with you. Yeah. So, I'm never lending it. I'm going to be the second ever own it, don't lend it, Jeez. buy that poster. And this is something we're going to run into in the MCU because I do own all of those movies. <laughs> and I do own the special editions of all of those so the, movies. The, the, the question is, we have to constantly ask, can I borrow this? The question, <laughs> the question for you, me your heart is. as we're watching through these movies is going to be, was it worth it, Doge? Do you really stand by what you did? And for this one, I absolutely stand by what I did. This is such a good movie. I think yeah. you said it You said it perfectly. I want to invest my belief completely in this movie. I don't want to nitpick it and pull it apart. Interesting. Well, um, I think for me, it's going to be the third own it, don't lend it, buy that poster. Oh my gosh. I hey, know. If you if you are watching or listening to this show, this History. is the first. And you send wow. us an Iron Man poster, we'll put it on the table for the We the legally have to. We and legally if, we have get, to. if we receive multiple, we'll just stack, we just have to stack them on top of each other. What if that's a new thing we do on the show? Anytime just, we say own it, don't lend it, buy that poster, if someone sends us or gives us an Iron Man poster, we have to put the poster on the table. I just say anything anybody gives us for the show, we'll put on the table. <laughs> yeah, I don't that's care what it is. Send this thing yeah, you, about, you were talking about this very good movie that you like so much. Yeah, no, I. Here's the thing. Honestly, I think as far as 
movie quality itself goes, I think it pales in comparison to some other late stage MCU movies. Um, <laughs> not many, but a couple of them. And I, I don't know how many of them are going to get this rating from me, to be honest, later on. But just as far as the first building block of a series that I love so much, but also such a good building block. Yeah. And and it is, it's not without its flaws, kind of like you're saying, but I don't, I almost don't care what those flaws are yeah. because it is so good. They're not big enough to distract yeah. from how good the movie is. Yeah. Exactly. And, and to be honest, I remember when this movie came out or was announced rather and being like, Iron Man. Really? Yeah. yeah really? Me too. For the first. Yeah. Okay. That whatever. Um, and, the fact that there are movies about detective comics related superheroes that <laughs> I wanted to pick apart yeah. and a movie about Iron Man so good that I don't even want to acknowledge what's wrong with it, even though yeah. I know those things might be there. Yeah. That just speaks so much to this movie. And so for me, it is honestly maybe the easiest yes. rating I've given besides yeah. Suicide Squad. I think that's that's a that's a good point you brought up that we didn't really touch. The fact that Iron Man yeah. is leading yeah. the Avengers is weird yeah, if you weird. read comics. That's yeah. like being like, oh, you're going to be so stoked for this Colossus movie. And you're like, Colossus? Like, yeah. really? It's not that I hate Colossus. No, he's the leader of the X-Men. Yeah. yeah. You're like, he's going to be the highest uh, really? actor in the franchise. Okay. Because yeah. Iron, Man, Iron Man was in the Avengers. Iron, Iron Man was Iron Man's B-tier a, at best. Yeah, Iron Man's a, uh, he's a good superhero. Like, you... you see Iron Man quite a bit, yeah. but nowhere near yeah. the amount that you see him now because of this movie. Yeah. And I think that's that's a discussion that we may have at another time. I know that that's something that millions of people on the internet have discussed to death, how yeah. Marvel was essentially forced to start with their B-tier heroes because their A-tier heroes were locked up at other studios like Spider-Man and the X-Men. But and, I, yeah. think, I think it... I think it's a good thing. Absolutely. Yeah, because the audience isn't coming in with a preconceived yep. notion of this This better happen. Because honestly, most people, I don't even think knew what Iron Man's deal oh, was. Oh, not at all. Oh. And to, to, to also be fair, uh, maybe in some newer comics, but Robert Downey Jr. and that character isn't the Iron Man that I grew up with. No. That mm-hmm. I know. I mean, he's he's more of, kind of more like a Batman. Like, oh, yeah. He hides behind the iron suit. Tony Stark was Bruce Wayne for a long time. Yeah. yeah. So, the, again, and the MCU has done this multiple times, but they have changed the way that comics yep. write these characters yeah. because of how good they are. Which yep. I'm always hesitant to accept, you know, the the film to comic inspiration. I prefer it to go the other way. Yeah. But in in the case of Robert Downey Jr.'s characterization of Tony Stark, I believe that's absolutely Nail the right the choice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and that's the thing about, and we'll, we'll talk about it so much more as we go on because it... it Honestly, is MCU's, I believe, greatest strength. Their casting is unbelievable. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so very good. And it's not just. Except for poor Terrence Howard. Yeah. This is the only one he gets. And he to did a great in. job. Yeah. He, he honestly did a, did a fantastic I job. I did find myself wishing that it was Don Cheeto. I did too. I, and I, I love Terrence Howard. I did have that moment of heartbreak for. For poor Terry Howard. When he looked at the, when he looks at the suit and goes, <laughs> next time, next baby. time, and, and he's never, never it goes, movie. nah. Uh, and something- I was, I was mad when Don Cheadle came. I love Don Cheadle, yeah. but I wanted, uh, I wanted just yeah. to stay the same. I like him better as Rhodey now. I do sure. love Terrence Howard as an actor, though. Well, and it's, yeah. it's same with Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, whole, yeah. I, I think, he, I think he's, he's better. Yeah, but oh, by a million. But, he's better. In the, yeah. but when they announced him, I was like, come on, keep the same cast. But now I'm like. Ed who? <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, we're done with our show. 
And we're watching the Hulk next week. Right? Yep, next the week. Incredible, Hulk. incredible Hulk. Hulk. Don't we're not watching watch Eric Banya. Don't watch the Hulk. Watch don't watch the Hulk. Watch the, the incredible, incredible Hulk. Hulk. <laughs> yeah. Someone emails like 800 dumps, and we're like, not that no, movie. You watch <laughs> the, the giant dogs that came and attacked him. Oh my god, dude! I forgot about that movie until I accidentally said we were going to watch honestly, it. Honestly, it has a pretty good cast. I mean, it has. Uh, I mean, it's got. It has a cast. <laughs> Who's in it besides Eric Bana? Uh, uh, Nick Nolte. Is the is the oh dad and the main actor? He totally is. Wait, really? Yeah. Striker? No. No. Nick Nolte's the Nick dad Nolte. in uh, Warrior. Yeah. Is he? He's not he, Striker. Who is he? What? No. Striker is an X Men. Oh. Yeah, wait. What? What are you talking about? Who am he's, I thinking of? He's Bruce Banner's dad. Bruce, who am I thinking of? The general. Uh, you're thinking of. The you're X-Men. thinking of Thunderbolt Ross in The Incredible Hulk. Yeah, yeah, that's where Which we are. Which is full circle. That's the movie we're <laughs> watching we next are. week. Sorry so to get confused. If you want to watch it with us, uh, we would absolutely love that. Yes. Not uh, like actually with us. Not with us. Not much room. We're not invited. Our homes are not big yeah, enough. Yeah, I don't have a big living room. Uh, we say hoping that there are more people than would fit in my living room watching the show. <laughs> Maybe you won't. Just let us know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so email we us. prefer at- to deny people rather than just like <laughs> openly denying invisible people. Email us at two chunks and a hunk at gmail.com. Mm. Yes. Uh, hit us with your super pump and your super dump for 2000, also 2008's The Incredible Hulk. We may talk about that next week. Iron Man came out in May. The Incredible Hulk came out in June, like, wasn't it? July. Yeah. No, it was six weeks. It came out in June. Yeah. There was a wow. six weeks, six week difference, which is insane, which is bizarre. So they were building this up, or well, they're same universe. Because I know, but well, I'm saying so they 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 had to have they were shooting concurrently. Spoiler alert! But Tony's in Tony's in yeah. the Incredible Hulk. I know. Yeah. So they end. must have been shooting concurrently. Anyway, that's another discussion for another podcast episode. It sure is. Yeah. Uh, before we end the episode, we want to give a huge shout out to every single person who listened to us in 2017 and is now back to listen again in 2018. Yeah. We love you. Oh, we love you. <laughs> Romantically. Oh, yeah. We want to take each and every one of you on a intimate and shrimp sweet dinner. date. <sighs> shrimp dinner. I want to shrimp. have Tony. shrimp dinner. Shrimp dinner. Tony Stark and Pepper Potts kind of dialogue. Mm. Us mm. and you. Consensual we'll, hand-holding. We'll, for, we'll <laughs> forget each and every one of you on a roof. It'll be wonderful. Mm. Shrimp dinner. Shrimp dinner. Shrimp dinner. Hashtag shrimp dinner. Make it happen, people. Hashtag Stephen Baker, we're talking to you. Hashtag <laughs> chunky shrimp dinner. <laughs> well, for two chunks and a hunk, I am Jordan Wonders. I'm Doge. And I'm David. Shrimp dinner. Shrimp dinner. Shrimp Hashtag dinner. shrimp dinner. Shrimp Hashtag dinner. chunky shrimp dinner. Hashtag official chunky shrimp dinner. <laughs> shrimp. Shrimp. Dent left shrimp. Hey. The show just ended, so if you're still listening, thanks so much. But also, why are you still here? (laughs) It's over. Go home. But while we have you here, if you want to shout out our next episode, then post about us on social media, hashtag official chunky. That's C-H-U-N-K-Y. And with this knowledge, you You too too can fly. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile 
and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.